0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 19. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. David is on the run. He's on the run. Verse 13 tells us
1: Michael took an image. Look at this, y'all. Michael took an image or what's called a teraphim. Learn something. A teraphim. T-E-R-A-P-H-I-M. A A teraphim. The I am in the Hebrew language speaks of plurality. El, God, Elohim. Elohim. Gods, the triunity of God, all the Elohim. The I am speaks of plurality. Teraphim speaks of plurality of um, pagan idols. Pagan idols that they would oftentimes keep in their homes as a good luck charm of some sorts. Now, this particular pagan idol. Must have been a pretty large one for them to put it in the bed. Read your Bible. I'm not making this up. Must have been a pretty large one for them to put it in the bed and then take some goat's hair and put it on top, pull the sheets up over right up to the head part. The men come in, where's David? Where's David? And she goes, and they see the thing in the bed, and they see the goat's hair, which tells me, what kind of hair did David have? I'm like, <laughs> I'm stuck on this for hours. I mean, I'm like, what kind of hair? that You can actually fool someone? I mean, like, you have goat's hair? That's, like, fascinating to me. It took me a long time to keep going. So, David <laughs> So this is, so they put the goats there and they put the covers up. They come in, where's David? And she goes, uh, yeah, well, he's right there, but you know, he's sick. Leave him alone. He's sick. He's in the bed. And when the messengers come to the room, they see that he's sick. They go back and they give the message to Saul and they tell him, and Saul says, listen, bring him to me even in the bed. Saul wants David dead. Now, a terraform listen, was a household item, as I said, like a good luck charm. Many homes, listen to me, many homes in Israel had them, and they believed it helped them in worshiping God. We know Rachel, she had small ones in Genesis chapter 31. We don't know why David would allow his wife to have idols in the house. Solomon allowed his wives to build temples and altars to their gods all over Jerusalem. Maybe David allowed it because it was the king's daughter. Maybe they've argued over this so much that David's just tired of arguing about it. We don't know. Remember, so it happens. Remember, I ain't going to ask the fellows to say amen because y'all wouldn't do it anyway. Say amen, fellow, amen. See? because their wife's in there you better not say Say something maybe they just started arguing over it remember Saul said remember this in chapter 18 and verse 21 Saul said "If the Philistines don't kill David my daughter will remember that so Micah wasn't the easiest woman to live with obviously if if Micah ain't happy nobody's happy we don't know why she had the terror from in the house. But what we do know, listen, we do know the commandment in Exodus chapter 20, verse three, that says you shall have no gods before me. You know the story. Israel had been led out of Egypt and it's been three months and they're still dressed in their slave clothes in rags. And I can hear God saying, look at all that I've done. And now be done with all the gods of Egypt. You know that Egypt had a plethora of gods. They had a God for every animal. They had a plethora of gods. So when they came out of Egypt and the people of God, unfortunately, so goes the culture So goes the church or the believers, the people of God, while in Egypt, got caught up in idol worship. Huh? Got caught up in idol worship. So when they come out of Egypt, the first commandment. Y'all getting this? God wants to make it clear. First things first. Have no other gods before me. Now, when God says you shall have no other gods before me, that doesn't mean you can have all the gods you want after him. Okay, I need you to say, I knew that, Pastor. Thank you. Doesn't mean you can have all the gods you want after him. Before doesn't mean in the sense of precedence. Before means in the sense of presence. Not precedence, like one, two, three, four, but presence. Don't have any gods in my presence. Don't have any gods in my face. You shall have no other gods before me. Look at verse 15. Saul said, if you guys are afraid to touch him because he has goat's hair, then bring him here and I'll kill him in the bed. Verse 16, they come in again and they notice it was an idol in the bed. Verse 17, Saul said to Michael, why have you deceived me? And Michael, do you get this? Michael, she was quick. She was quick on her feet. She said, Dad, he's been, he's been abusive. He said that if I didn't lie for him, he was going to kill me. She's quick. She quick. And note this here. God Is stripping away. I want you to know something that's kind of behind the words that God is doing in the life of David. Listen, God is stripping away everything David could lean on. Because remember, David was anointed as king. But in order for you to fulfill the call of God on your life, I'm trying to help you. In order for you to fulfill the call of God on your life, you got to go through something. God's got to take you through a process to get you to where he wants you to be and where you want to be. So you say, I want to be a godly woman. Well, be careful what you ask for. You want to be a man of God. You want to preach the word. Be careful what you ask for. Because when you want to do something for God, don't you know Satan is right there to stop you? So David has been anointed king, but he's got to go through a process in order for him to be able to walk in those shoes as a king. Are y'all following me? I'm trying to help you. So God is stripping away from David all earthly support. God is knocking every single human crutch away. Think about it. In a matter of days, David lost his position, his home, his wife, his mentor, his reputation, his confidence. And the reason is because God was in the process of making a king. When God wants to do a work, first thing he does is strip everything away that you can lean on other than him. strips everything away and now I talk to you from experience God will strip everything away when God has called you to something he strips everything away everything you've got nothing in my case no home no money no place to live no um friends, no job, nothing. God stripped everything from us, brought us to this place, and began the process of working. I was just telling a friend today, I said, if someone would have told me 20 years ago that I would be standing in the pulpit 20 years later at Calvary Chapel, I would not have believed them. I would not have believed them. Because although I was clear that God brought me here, I didn't know how long God told me to stay. You don't presume upon the will of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You don't know what God's doing. You're walking by faith, step by step. Are y'all listening? Step by, step by step, I don't care if you're 18 or 80. Step by step by step by step, every day you're just walking with God, trying to be obedient to what God wants you to do, that's it. And he strips everything away because then when he does a great work, you can't say you did anything or you added anything to it because you didn't have nothing to add to it. You didn't, you didn't have nothing to add to it. And then, then you can really say to God be the glory, great things he has done. So he's stripping everything away from, 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 from David, stripping away people, stripping away relationships. I call it, I call it, write it down, please write this down. A sanctified loneliness. A sanctified loneliness, who knows what I'm talking No, 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 nobody to talk to, no counselors, no, 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 no leaders, nobody to call, no human beings to talk to. It's a time that God will just allow for you and him. And sometime when you're in the church And God is wanting to use your life. You might experience that sanctified loneliness, and you think, "Oh man, something's wrong. This church ain't for me." I mean, I feel like I don't know, I don't know nobody, and I, I just feel like I'm alone. And you know, this place is not for me, and 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 something's wrong, and I'm not feeling it, and all these kinds of things. Listen, sometimes you need to be still and wait on God, and stop moving so much. Stop moving so much. Stop moving and moving and moving. You need to understand that God will bring you to the place where you are in a sanctified, lonely place. That means that it's just you and God. I call it also like you earning your BSD degree, your backside of the desert where he takes an individual and he's going to teach you some things by yourself with yourself. Your wife can't go. Your husband can't go. Your children can't go. The church members can't go. The leadership can't go. You have to be there by yourself. And when you're there by yourself, that's when God has you in seminary then. That's when you're in seminary. That's when you're learning and you're growing in that place. God wants to do a work. Don't be so quick to move around. You know, I talk to people and they tell me, ah, oh, man, that's, you know, I mean, church, you've been in, in In 20 years, 20 years, well, 29 years. How long have I been a Christian? 30, 33 years, 32 years, 32 years, 32 years. Because I met my wife the same day I became a Christian. That's like I'm, she knows I know. She does better than I know. <laughs> I've been in three churches. Three. Three. The one I got saved in, we moved, went to another church, served there, stayed there for many years. God called me to move to Raleigh, North Carolina, and I've been in this church. Three churches. You meet some people, they've been in five, six, seven churches. They're going here and there and here and there and here. Get somewhere and sit down. Get somewhere and take a seat. Take two seats. Sit back. And let God say, we got to say, you stop moving so much. God can't speak to you because you're just all over the place. Slow down, partner. God can't speak because you're too busy. Moving. You can't hear him. Slow down. God wants to get you to that place where he can use you. And the only way to do that is for you to have that lonely feeling. That's natural. Supernaturally natural. For you to be. Lonely, this is where the work of God happens because God wants to get every human voice out of your life so you can hear him speak clearly. Accountability is great. Spiritual leadership is great. But there are times when God And only God can do the things that God can do. And when he removes every other false confidence we have, again, that's God's seminary. Everything that happened to David was a mandatory course, not an elective. Chapter 19, God is making a king. Yes, already anointed. But he wasn't the king that God would eventually make him. And what was true for David is true for you. In order for God to make you what you're destined to be, you got to be alone with God. And God has to strip you of every earthly thing so you can hear his voice. God took Jonathan away. God took Saul away. God took his wife away. God took his home away. God took his reputation away. And everything else is gone. And David is left with this one statement in Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing if I desire of the Lord and that will I seek after to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in this temple David said I got one thing left and that is the Lord and that's what God wants us to be in the house of the Lord to inquire of the Lord to be in the secret place of his tabernacle and he'll hide you there God wants David to be in a place where he's totally dependent on him. Look at verse 18. I have much more to say, but I'm getting out of time. Look at chapter 19. Look at verse 18. So David fled, escaped, and he went to Samuel at Ramah. Oh, I love this part. Look at this. He went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went, and they stayed in Naoth. Now, it was told Saul, saying, take note, David is at Naoth in Ramah. And then Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw a group of the prophets prophesying, and Samuel standing as leader over them, note this, saints, the Spirit of God came upon the messengers of who? Saul and they began to prophesy and when Saul was told he sent another group of guys and they likewise began to prophesy and then Saul said what's going on he said another group a third time and they also prophesied and then he also went to Ramah then he saw then went to Ramah and came to the to the great well that is in Seku so he asked and said Where are Samuel and David? And someone said, indeed, they're at Naoth and Ramah. And so he went there to Naoth and Ramah, and then the spirit of God was upon him also. And he went on and he prophesied and he, are y'all picking this up? And he, Saul, went on and prophesied until he came to Naoth and Ramah. And he also stripped off his clothes and prophesied before Samuel in like manner and laid down naked all that day and all that night. Therefore, they say, is Saul also among the prophets? Now, Saints, stop right there. Let me explain this to you. David goes to Samuel at Ramah where all this began. You remember, all this began as David was serving the Lord, minding his business out there with the sheep. And Sammy shows up and he starts pouring oil over David's head. And he whispered in David's ear, you're the king of Israel. And David should have whispered back. No, I'm not. No, thanks. Then David finds himself out on the battlefield with the really big guy. So David has lost everything. He goes to his mentor, his counselor, who is located in Naoth, in Ramah, Samuel. Now, David, listen, is doing the right thing right here because he's going to a godly man for counsel. Can I encourage you? Don't go to the world for counsel. Go to godly people for counsel. David's doing the right thing. Well, verse 18 tells us that David told Samuel all that Saul had done, and then David and Samuel went to Naoth. Naoth means residence residence. Now we're not sure if Naoth is Samuel's actual house, residence, or just a specific place in Ramah. We're not sure. Naoth means residence. In 19 through 21, Saul found out that David was in Ramah. Now in Ramah, there was a school of prophets. Are you listening? There was a school of prophets. So, Saul sent messengers to get David, and while there, the Spirit of God came upon those messengers and they began to prophesy. And then Saul heard about it and he sent another group of messengers. And when they got there, they saw the first group prophesying and then they started prophesying. Well, three times the charm in verse 21, Saul sent some messengers the third time, and the third group of messengers get there and they see the first and second group of messengers prophesying and they begin to prophesy. Now, sometimes we think of prophecy as, Thus says the Lord or we think of prophecy of like predicting the future. The word prophecy, if you don't have this written down, please write it down. The word prophecy means to wait on the Lord. It actually means to worship the Lord or to give praise to the Lord or to glorify the Lord. That's what the word prophecy means. The idea is that they were speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. They were giving spontaneous and inspired praise to God. When the messengers came to get David, they were having a worship conference and they were all caught up in the spirit and they began to worship. Notice in verse 22 through 24, three different messengers, Saul gets the same message three times. The Holy Spirit said to Saul, leave David alone. Saul decides not to send boys to do a man's job. Saul decides to go to Naoth and Rama and take matters into his own hands. Saul gets to Ramah and he starts praising and worshiping. Verse 24 tells us he stripped off his clothes, probably took off the royal robes, which spoke of prestige and royalty. And he's prophesying naked. When he says naked, it really means like down to his undies, like down to his, not naked. But like down to his undies before the Lord. And even that, listen, was significant and prophetic because it was God's way of saying, Saul, you're not really the king anymore. I've stripped you of your glory and of your royalty. Now, a person, listen, can be affected by the power of God and not surrender to the power of God. And that's what happened to Saul. The power of God came upon his life, but he wasn't surrendered to the power of God. Listen, saints, we can learn some from this chapter. When dealing with your enemies, you should always look to God, not look to your enemy. Look to God. That's what David did. Psalm 56 is another psalm that David wrote during this time. Looking to the Lord. When God strips you of everything, of every earthly support and every source of strength is collapsed, one thing always remains true. What's that, Pastor? The Lord. Turn to Psalm 56. I leave you right here. Look at Psalm 56. Psalm 56. Y'all learned anything tonight? Look at Psalm 56. And I just want to jump around to just a few verses. Psalm 56, David writes, and he says, look at verse three. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I've put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. Look at verse eight, nine. You number my wanderings, put my tears in your bottle Are they not in your book? When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know. God is for me. You see, David understood when everything else fails, God is for you. Perhaps you're here tonight and you feel like you're in that place of sanctified loneliness. That's a good place to be. That's a great place to be. The thing that you don't want to do is you don't want to react and you don't want to um, respond hastily. And you want to learn whatever it is God's trying to teach you. You want to learn that thing because if you don't, you have to go back and it's not a fun place to be. It's not fun. God is with you. God will uphold you. Are you listening? God is with you. God will uphold you. But learn what you need to learn there. If you feel lonely, then tell the Lord, Lord, I feel lonely. What are you trying to teach me? Don't be so quick to move. The Bible says be still. Know that he's God. Right?
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina.